It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the final word. Good evening. It's 1.23 a.m. I'm Albie Oxenreiter, and welcome to the final word, the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And with that, Let's get started with this uh, exciting night for the uh, Steelers Nation. Tonight's three panelists, please welcome former NFL player and also former Pitt alum. Still a Pitt alum, actually. It's Doran Dickerson. Hi, Doran. Hello, Albie. Pitt, the Penguins, and the Steelers all won this weekend. What a weekend for Pittsburgh. All right. Also a former Pitt Panther, former Buffalo Bills general manager, Doug Whaley is with us again. Hi, Doug. Hi, a win is a win. It may be ugly, but it was effective. Never worry about winning ugly. Steelers are three and three. And from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, welcome back, Dan Kovacevic. Hi, Albie. I'm sure we won't agree on everything tonight, but we probably can agree on this. Seeing Daryl Taylor fly home with the Seahawks, and that's the latest from Seattle reporters. All his CT scans and everything were clear. It looks like he's going to be just fine. That is great news and a great way to start tonight. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight. Give us five words on what happened with the officiating at the end of regulation. What do the Steelers need to focus on most during their bye week? How confident are you that Pitt football can run the table? And your first impressions of the Penguins, they've only played three games, but that's what first impressions are for. Plus, of course, your final word. But first, the night's big topic. The Steelers are two games back how optimistic or pessimistic are you about this team competing for a division title during your first uh, I'm right in the middle here uh, just looking around the division yeah the Browns look like they're going to be the Browns again Baker Mayfield may be hurt hurt his labrum today for the second time this season Lamar Jackson looks great right now Joe Burrow looks decent so uh, I'm right in the middle I, I do like where the Steelers are at I like what the offensive line is doing I like what Ben is doing in the offense and the defense showing up with uh, TJ Watt tonight and I, I think that they have a chance it's just too early to tell in my opinion uh, Doug, what are your uh, opinions going after after just six games? I'm going to have to piggyback on Doran. I, I'm still up in there. I, I need to see more. I need to see more consistency out of the offense. I need to make sure that they're going to really go in all in on this identity of running the ball because they see some, some options that are perpetuated when they run the ball like those short routes because you're ahead of the sticks. But I do like the offensive line gelling. The division is tough. I think Cincinnati with the game in hand is, is not going to be letting down uh, like Cleveland's going to be Cleveland, but they're still a dangerous team. And then Baltimore, I think they're the top of the league right now with Buffalo. So it's it's up for them to take it, but they I'm 
on that middle of the road right now. Not sure if they can do it. Dan? Albie, I was ready for like a mediocre win, you know, like a touchdown or 10 points or something like that. I was ready even for a nail biter. I was not ready for the Steelers to stink on defense, especially on the front. Nothing that TJ did in the last couple minutes in overtime erases them getting gashed through an entire second half, largely because of, of all things, missed tackles. I know everybody's going to pile on Keith Butler and everything, but when you have Terrell Edmonds and Devin Bush and Joe Schobert just sliding off guys for an entire half, that's scary stuff. That doesn't get corrected by a bye week. That's showing you signs that this defense might not be everything that everybody thought it was going to be going into the season and what they showed in Buffalo. And the offense way too often looked like its most negative version of itself. And I'm sorry, I, I, I respect the fact that they won the game and they're getting somewhere and they did get to three and three before the bye week, but there's a lot of things they need to improve on. But Dan, you don't give them any credit for making plays oh, when they needed to. the most? Yeah, you I mean, absolutely that's, have to. That's the, the intestinal fortitude yep, of T a good team. TJ Watts got all the intestinal fortitude and so does Cam Hayward who made a big play. But our number of guys that we're discussing here who made big plays in this game doesn't fill one hand. They just happen to be huge plays made by the same guys. All right, a reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on what happened with the officiating at the end of regulation. From Twitter, convoluted rules, human officials, chaos. Another tweet, absolutely clueless ref show tonight. And finally, it is what it is. Now Doran Duggan Day in five words. What happened with the officiating at the end of regulation during your first? Uh, that was um, very odd. Uh, the situation where they said that they had to review the catch, I mean, it was clearly a catch on the sidelines and uh, a fumble. I, I just couldn't comprehend what was going on and why that situation was the situation it was. But really, at the end of the day, Geno Smith got under center and snapped the, and, and spiked the ball with one second left. So it really doesn't change anything. They would have stopped the clock. They would have kicked a field goal. They didn't need those extra seconds for them to do that. But it was a very, very odd situation <laughs> that the game stopped whenever the catch was very clear on the sidelines by DK Metcalf. All right, Doug, your five words. What are we doing here? When you see something like that, now you can understand why betters and conspiracy theorist people think that <laughs> this game is fixed. They think the wow. breasts are in it. There was no explanation, and like Doran said, it was a clear catch. So what are they reviewing? And then when you get a guy spiking the ball and they kick the field goal to tie the game, send it over time, I, like I said, I just don't know what we're doing here, and it, it has to be fixed. I don't, I, people smarter than me are going to have to figure out a way to do it, but when you have a nationally televised game like that in a situation like this and the rest being the focal point, that's just not bueno. Day in five words. Mike Tomlin was unusually mad. <laughs> Look, take it from somebody who's covered Tomlin for the better part of his tenure. Almost every game that he's played home or road, he will find a way to button up before the press conference. And he didn't do that. He didn't do it on the field. You saw what he was doing to that one official that was nearby on a sideline. And then after the game, he describes the officiating in that sequence as an embarrassment, and he says it publicly, and he doesn't care about all the dinero that's about to come out of his wallet. 
Uh, that tells me that something was really butchered there and that he's mad. As Doug is suggesting, it's not, or, or, as, as Doran said, I'm sorry, it doesn't affect the outcome. One way or another, Seahawks are booting that field goal, but it's about principle. It's about we're standing on this sideline too, and you make that call? You make that call without even understanding what the rule is? Come on. All right. The clock has just ticked past 1.30, but we're just getting started. Still to come, what do the Steelers need to focus on most during their bye week? From Facebook, Big Ben's passing game. We'll be back to hear from the panel after this. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Final Word. Welcome back to The Final Word. I'm Albie Oxenlander. Tonight with Dan Kovacevic, Doug Whaley, and Doran Dickerson. Dan, what do the Steelers need to focus on most during this bye week coming up? I think the head coach is just going to have them tackle people through the bye week. Like, they're going to walk through supermarkets and just randomly <laughs> tackle people. There is nothing that drives a football head coach more nuts at any level of the sport than not tackling. It's unbelievable to me that this team emerged at, from halftime and took the field against an offense that was missing its running quarterback and its number one running back and all of a sudden made every single guy on the Seattle side look like Barry Sanders in his prime. How does that happen? How does this team just let it go? like that some of them might be getting exposed as not great tacklers i know the film is not going to be very kind to terrell edmonds devin bush joe schobert and i could actually keep listing guys here but over the oh, I, it's, it's going to be all about tackling it just is all right from twitter tackling tackling <laughs> and more tackling stealing my material out there yes doran uh, tackling, you know, uh, you know that, that's that's the main issue here. And I'm not going to make excuses for the Steelers right now, the Steelers defense. I do believe that they were in positions today because they wanted to defend the pass, the pass over Geno Smith more than the run with Chris Carson being out. They were like, listen, Geno Smith is going to throw the ball. We'll let them run the ball. 
um, and, and we're just going to defend the pass. But if I'm going to go a different direction, I'm going to go with let's get a more in-depth look in Matt Canada's offense. Let's spend some more time uh, expanding the playbook during the bye week so we can get on the same page and we can run different formations, different sets uh, heading into the bulk of the season. I would say they should spend some time on offense getting into the depth of Matt Canada's offense. Doug, you're next. I'm going to go overall, get rid of that bend, not break defensive mentality that we have. Uh, granted, part of it is tackling, but some of it is just, hey, they just came out, especially Seattle, and punched you in the mouth. You have to step up and say, we're not going to have this. We're going to be tone setters. And on offense, an all-in approach, like Doran said, to Canada's offense. First, with the mentality of establishing that run, building that cohesiveness with the offensive line, and then having the ability to have different formations so you can start dictating to the defense of how to play you instead of the defense dictating to them how they're going to get played. Which is what they did, by the way, to Absolutely. win the game. Absolutely, <laughs> That's exactly and I think they should just they keep on yeah. this, and I mean go all in, not just a, mm -hmm. a series here or a series there. Put a whole game plan together to, to take advantage of that mismatch. All right, and a big step for the Pitt Panthers yesterday in the Coastal. Pitt with a uh, road win at Virginia Tech. Uh, so with that in mind, let's start looking down the road here. How confident are you that the Pitt Panthers can run the table, Doug? I'm very confident, and the reason why, KP, Kenny Pickett. When you got Kenny Pickett and then you add into the balanced attack that they showed at Virginia Tech with the running game and then the defense stepping up, I'm very confident that it is all on Pitt. I think they can go in and have a chance to win every game left on their schedule, but it's going to be on them to do it. I don't think they will get beat, but they can beat themselves. Let's hope that's not the case. But I'm very confident. All right. From Facebook, how confident are you? Hopeful, but not totally convinced yet. Dan, how about you? Well, that right there is the most common pit perspective that you can get. The, the pit fan is always waiting for the sky to fall. Uh, and I mean the sky to fall only on their heads like a Charlie Brown cloud. Uh, that's what happens a lot with the Panthers. It's happened way too often with Pat Narduzzi in his seven years. That said, Clemson's still on his schedule. And I know Clemson isn't what they were, but I also know that uh, Pitt versus Clemson has been an unpredictable matchup in both directions now for a while. And I, I know Kenny Pickett's generating big plays, and I know that Virginia, the game in Blacksburg really solidifies Pitt, I think, in a lot of people's minds, especially after all the national pundits picked them to win. But it's, you know, it's still Pitt. Something's going to go wrong. All right, Doran. I'm very confident. I like the direction that they're going in, and they also aren't going to face a top 25 opponent for probably the rest of the season. And uh, I just like where they're at. I like where Kenny Pickett is at. I like where the offensive line is, and the defense played very well against Virginia Tech. So um, moving forward, I do believe that the Pitt Panthers have a great shot at this. They have to take care of business every single game. It's one game at a time. They can't, wor they can't worry about five games from now. They have to worry about Clemson, obviously. They have to worry about Miami, obviously. Each week has to be the week and the only game that is on your mind. If they do that, they'll take care of business and they'll be in a spot where they'll be very, very happy at the end of the season. All right, the Penguins with that big win in the opener and then a big win in the home opener. And they got a point uh, in their second game down in Florida. So your, your first impressions of the Penguins after those three games, Doran? 
Uh, five points in three games. Danton Heinen has uh, four goals, three goals, sorry, in uh, the three games. Jeff Carter, Latang, four points each. These guys are stepping up in place of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. You have those role players that are taking care of business now. So whenever those guys do come back, they will fit in and they'll find a role. This is a very, very big step for the Pittsburgh Penguins of the 2021 season. Uh, Mike Sullivan has done a great job of acquiring some of these guys on the roster to fit the build, fit the foundation of the Penguins and what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. I'm very impressed by the team and the, and the players that have gone out there in the product, and especially Jari and DeSmith. They have, have held, held it down as veterans on the ice, and it's been very, very uh, exciting to watch. All right, from Twitter, new guys have impressed. Coach Sully's system works. Puck battle level has been improved. Uh, Doug? Newsflash, Sully and his coaching staff are good, very good. This gives me pride to know that when Gino and Sid, at whenever they depart from this team, we're not going to have that dip. We're not going to have that lull where you're like, oh, those Penguins aren't that, any, that not good anymore. He can put a very competent product out there, actually a product that can fight and I believe represent the Penguins and the championships that we always want and expect from our teams, he can put that product on that on that ice. All right, Dan, three games, your impression. Yeah, I just came back from Florida and covering the two games that they played down there. I got to tell you, the one that impressed me the most, believe it or not, was the one that they didn't win. Uh, going against a red-hot Florida team, uh, the Panthers were flying the whole game, unlike the Lightning. What impressed me the most down there, more than anything, Albie, is I heard these guys, even the morning of the Tampa Bay game, speaking with a defiance. Chris Letang talked about, well, why do people think we're not good whenever we don't have these guys? We've always been good when we don't have them. The second one, and Doran alluded to this, some of the new guys that have come in, I think have exceeded expectations. Danton Heinen, to me, was a bargain signing uh, by Ron Hextall. $1.1 million for a year. That's a guy that you're getting at the end. Doug knows what I'm talking about mm -hmm. here as a GM. You just see somebody. You don't even necessarily need him. You just go, oh, look at that. We can have him for this price. So you get him and you add him and he goes out there on the ice and he does really well. Mark Friedman, a bunch of guys have played really, really well for the Penguins. But more importantly, they have fit in with Mike Sullivan's system. And man, it had better stick when those other guys come back. And, and that, just think of the think about the level of play whenever those guys yep. do come back from the Freedmans, from the the Heinens. I mean, their level of play is going to rise because maybe they're gonna be if a, they don't change. That's the key yeah, here. That's, that's, that's seen, true. Yeah, that's you've yeah. seen when they mm -hmm. Sid comes back and they all look on the rink and go, "Hey, Sid's here. This is awesome. We're just going to watch Sid." Yeah. You know, and it doesn't work. Got to raise your level gotta of play when the big guys are there. Got to stay with it. All right, Dan, Doug, Doran, thank you. When we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word at 1.42 a.m. is next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the final word. 
Welcome back. It's time for the final word and everybody gets a chance. Dan, you're first. One fun subject in Pittsburgh sports is always who's the best athlete in town. Who's the main guy? Who's the who's the star? Well, the biggest star of them all is either Ben or Sid, depending on your viewpoint. Uh, you can throw Gino into that mix as well. But when you're talking about the preeminent athlete in Pittsburgh right now, you are talking about T.J. Watt. And I don't say that as if it's something that's super obvious or disrespectful to anyone else, uh, notably Ben for everything that he's done. But I'm talking about right now. Uh, T.J. Watt is putting himself into a category where you could see him wearing that yellow jacket with those other guys who were wearing yellow jackets tonight at Heinz Field. He's a special talent. You pay for special players to make special plays like he did tonight. He is that, and he's probably a whole lot more. All right, Doran, final word. I am going to strongly disagree with Dan here and say that Kenny Pickett is the best athlete oh, no. in Pittsburgh right now. <laughs> oh, no. Kenny Pickett is 100% the best athlete in Pittsburgh right now. He should be talked about uh, in the Heisman race. He has led his team, and I know that people are going to come back and say, well, it's only over UMass. It's only over Georgia Tech. He has led his team. He's only thrown one interception this season, and if he finishes this season out, he should be a front runner for the Heisman Trophy. And what would that do for the city of Pittsburgh? That would be unbelievable to have a college quarterback win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, that's unbelievable. That hasn't happened here ever. So, Kenny Pickett, the Heisman Trophy front runner at the end of the season, is right now the best athlete in Pittsburgh. Doug, final word. And for that to happen, Pitt has to handle itself on the national stage. It is ranked 23rd in the nation right now. You have a tremendous opportunity to speak to the world, and especially the college football presence out there, football presence, that we are going to take care of business against Clemson. Yes, Clemson's down, but that's the next game that you have to play. That's the ACC prevailing champ. You need to knock them off in a convincing fashion and show everybody on a national stage that Pitt is it. Then after that, take care of business the rest of the way. Do not slip up. Do not do what everybody thinks Pitt can do, but do what Pitt's supposed to do. Have, be on a national stage and have a guy like Kenny Pickett in the Heisman talk. All right, thanks everybody. Our final word now from social media from Twitter. Steelers tackling grease pigs tonight, just missing everything. Well, uh, Dean, our producer, has reminded me that I don't have to tell you what time it is, but we appreciate you staying up with us. Uh, and it was worth it because the Steelers always do great things when they play on Channel 11. Remember that. And nobody else thought of this, or maybe somebody else did, but nobody's mentioned it. Uh, we are uh, about two hours past an anniversary here in Pittsburgh since uh, we love the old days with the Pirates winning. Pirates 42nd anniversary of Game 7 of the 1979 World Series, October 17th of that year, which makes that yesterday. How many years, Albie? 42. 42? That's 42. not uplifting at all. 42. I'm just here to remind everybody. I'm nostalgic. Oh, That's wow. how I get just before 2 a.m. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, it has been a great day for the Steelers Nation. Maybe not a great performance, but certainly a win makes it a great day for the fans out there. We appreciate you staying up with us late. For Dan and Doran and Doug and the entire sports team, including Jenna, that got us through this long day, have a great day and night and morning.